Okay, hey guys, welcome to our fourth session and um, and probably our last session, but man, it's been a really good one uh, on the presence of God and, and probably not exactly what everybody probably had in mind, uh, hopefully a lot better. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, going different directions with the things that we've went about, but uh, we've kind of been talking about the, the, um, the available presence versus the abiding presence. And we spent a lot of time talking about different things last time, but how about let's focus on that abiding presence because that's the ultimate goal goal here, right? And um, so let's just jump in. How about it? Okay. Want to? Let's, Hallelujah. You, you take over. So, all right, I'll follow. <laughs> well, along. we'll feed off each other. All right. Well, in that context, we were talking in our last um, segment about uh, the abiding presence and getting pulled away from it mm-hmm. and everything like that, and. And the strength of heart is, is measured by what little or how much it takes us to pull us out of presence. Mm-hmm. And to me, the way that it's been revealed to me and the way that I have understood it is, is that and it, it's hard to explain until you really get into it and, you, and you're like, ah, okay, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And what I mean is, is this. There's nothing wrong with good, sound, biblical principles. Right. No. The problem is, is that it can lean more toward theology. Mm-hmm. And people who either aren't in church or even though they are in church, but their only acknowledgement of God is either in church or when there's a crisis. Right. That's the available presence. Mm-hmm. Why? It's because when you can't sense or you don't acknowledge presence or haven't learned to, or have it as a habit, as a daily lifestyle of acknowledging presence. Mm-hmm. When you can't sense presence, then you resort to principles. Oh, yes. And those who mm. have sensed presence, but you're not currently sensing presence because the enemy has fashioned circumstances that have got you distracted mm-hmm. and you can't sense presence in this ordeal, mm-hmm. then you resort back to principles. Mm. You know, to me, there's nothing wrong with the principles, but it needs to be in the context of presence. Right. Because everything God created, he created it in context. Mm. He created fish in the context of water. Yeah. Birds in the context of air. Mm -hmm. Trees in the context of soil. Mm. You pull any of those out of their context and they die. Hmm. We were created in the context of presence. Mm. So if we're removed from presence, we spiritually decay. Oh, yeah. That's so good. And a sign of that is we just, you know, we just quote principles. Right. For instance, when this whole COVID thing hit. Yeah. uh, You're on social media. I'm not on it as much as as many, you know, and I don't post a whole lot, Mm -hmm. you know. But my observation was. I'm not going to put you on the spot to ask you, but you would probably agree when I tell you, probably the most quoted scripture was Psalm 91. Mm -hmm. You saw it time and time again. Mm -hmm. But how many people who quoted that just tossed it up as a principle, Right. but they don't know what it means to abide Abide. in the shadow of the Almighty, Mm -hmm. to acknowledge presence. Mm -hmm. And when you can't sense presence, you resort to principles. That's, and principles are good, yeah. but they need to be in the context of presence. Well, but it's just like a car, the engine. You got to have all the parts are equally important, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much. But you take the oil out of that car, and mm-hmm. it don't matter how good your parts are. 
right? Yep. And it, that oil, in my opinion, is always, to me, it's always yep. kind of walked hand in hand with the presence of God. It is, And right. of course, the the scripture alludes to the presence of God being like oil. I mean, right. you know, and, and how you can take all these parts and you can take all these pieces, but it doesn't matter if it's not lubricated. And right. that's that presence that lubricates the working parts of our lives. And you're right. We can fall back on principles and it's easy to do. Right. But let me give you an example of how it hit me like a ton of bricks with me. And I, I admire the fact that not only here in these, uh, in these uh, podcasts or whatever, but also from the pulpit, that you're very transparent. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to me, that's what we need to be. Mm-hmm. Because people don't need to see where you're a minister and they put you on such a pedestal and they don't realize that you have to deal with the same things they do. Yeah. Okay. So transparency is the key. Yeah. So even throughout the book, um, I battle with, you know, I, I'm determined I am not going to self-promote. Mm-hmm. But there's times in which you need to share and you need to testify yeah. of what God has done in your life. Mm-hmm. And it may sound boastful, but you don't mean it that way. Yeah, I know so saying. I said, okay, even after this, this came out and I get those thoughts. Oh my goodness, people will go read this and they go think... As much as you preach against self-promotion, yet you're being self-promotional whenever you mention blah. Mm-hmm. So I go to the chapter to read, okay, what did I write there mm-hmm. and everything? And I said, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to take it from here because mm-hmm. I don't want people to see it as self-promotion. I want to see it as me testifying right. and everything. So then he showed me and he shared with me, in other words, you hear the paracletos, you know, the Holy Spirit, the ones called along as a comforter, called alongside to help. He told me, he said, look, as long as your testimony or your testifying is matched by your transparency, mm. you're not all one-sided, Yeah. then you're good. Yeah. Okay? So let me be transparent. Mm. Okay? A classic case. I went to Bible college. Mm. Okay? I went to Bible college back in 1987. I finished in 90. I, gradu- I, walk- I finished in December of 90, and I walked in and graduated in April of 91. Okay? There were some principles that I learned in Bible college mm-hmm. that for decades afterwards, whenever I had an opportunity to preach, mm-hmm. that I would rely on those principles. Gotcha. Okay, One of them, for instance, that goes hand in hand with presence is the word blessed. Mm-hmm. When Elizabeth greeted Mary, there are two words blessed that are used there. Mm-hmm. One of them is Macarius. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that, the, de- the definition I received during my tenure in college. I can't remember whether it came directly from a professor or whether a private time of study or researching the word. I just, maybe it's part of my, one of my research papers or whatever. I don't, I don't honestly remember exactly where it came from, but I came across this definition that that blessed Macarius, there's a couple of words for blessed. Mm -hmm. It means indwelt by God Mm -hmm. and thereby fully satisfied. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what Elizabeth called Mary. Mm -hmm. You are blessed among women. You know, you are blessed. You are indwelt by God, thereby you're fully satisfied. Yeah. So therefore, regardless of the persecution, even from Joseph, mm-hmm. even any flack she gets from Joseph, from her parents, from her friends, even from those who are critical of her already. Right. Her consolation was, I'm indwelt by God, mm-hmm. and therefore I'm fully satisfied. Right. Okay. 
And of course, the other is, you know, where we get the word eulogy, where we pronounce things blessed. But that's another whole topic. I don't want to get on a tangent here. But what I'm saying is, is that that was an example of a principle that I learned in Bible college. So when I'm called on to preach, I may pull on, you know, I'm talking about in the, in the 90s, in the 2000s, and even in the 2010 Mm -hmm. decade. Okay. When I'm called on to preach, a lot of times during that time, because even though I was an ordained minister, even though I would preach on occasion, I can see now where Holy Spirit opened my eyes to where he was still, to a great extent, my available presence. And here's where it was manifested. Hmm. Quite often, I would only pull my Bible out when I was called upon and I knew I had an opportunity to preach some. Oh, yeah. So the study revolved around... Study revolved around preparing to preach. Gotcha. Well, I've been guilty of that myself. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Now, <clears throat> I'll never forget the day. I can't remember the date, but I can remember the day. Yeah. That my wife came in from work, and she saw me sitting in a recliner with my Bible out. And she said, oh, are you preaching Sunday? <laughs> And she had no idea. What she <laughs> was just making a casual <laughs> remark. Oh, my gosh. But that went through me. Oh, you know, yeah. You know, the Bible talks about in, in, uh, in the book of Acts when Peter preached his first sermon mm-hmm. that it pierced him to the heart. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what the word of righteousness is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Milk, milk of the word doesn't pierce. Yeah. Solid food pierces. Yeah. Okay. But sometimes there's situations and words spoken that pierce your heart mm. and when she said that everything changed Ooh, yeah. that's cool though. because i realized then even though i would say well he's not my available presence because i don't just call on him when i need something mm-hmm. but yet he was my available presence when i was calling on him only for a message to preach yeah so that tells me that that links abiding presence has to run hand in hand with the word. Yes. We must be in the word daily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bible says in Romans, what, 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word. Mm-hmm. People want to skip that middle part and say, and put the, the two bookends and say, faith comes by hearing the word. No. If that's the case, every person that heard your messages would automatically be full of faith. Absolutely, yeah. No, faith okay. comes by hearing the voice of God, mm-hmm. and hearing the voice of God comes when we're in the Word. When we're in the Word. It is vital. So it must be, for the, sake, for the sake of acknowledging abiding presence, we need to be meditating on the Word. Yeah. Now, I'm not just talking about pulling out your Bible and reading a few scriptures. Yeah. No, I'm talking about listening to the Word. Mm-hmm. Finding teachers, finding ministers, not, not just your pastor, because everybody's gifted differently. Mm-hmm, yeah. Some are called as pastors, evangelists, apostles, prophets, teachers. And there are certain ones that you connect with, mm-hmm. that, you, that there's a divine connection, that the soul of your heart just connects with that particular minister. And that minister can really minister to you. Maybe it's their approach. Maybe it's their humor. Maybe it's their in-depth studies. Well, of the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, I know that I'm called to be a teacher, not just because I teach academically, 
but I know that that is my position in a fivefold ministry. But you teach academically because that's your because my that's my calling is right. and my gift and my anointing. Yes, because there's three, three and it doubles. and it shows. Okay. I appreciate it. But what I'm saying is is that because of that, then I won't. When my study of the word is, I want to know the Hebrew, the Greek words, what it meant in that context. Just like we mentioned with Pharaoh, mm-hmm. you know, P H E R O, talking about yeah. a rushing wind. What does that mean? Why did he use that particular word? Mm-hmm. You know, why did Luke use that particular word? Obviously, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But I, I'm a word study guy, mm-hmm. and word study helped me helps bring me revelation. For somebody else, they may they may take a wholly different approach. Right. You know, they may like you know a topical, mm-hmm. you know, type of approach. That's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Different strokes for different folks. You know what I mean? As far as which approach speaks to you. Yeah. So to me, I need to be listening to those who teach me the word. Yeah. They don't just rattle off a bunch of we need to principles. I've preached my share and I've heard my share of we need to boring, lifeless sermons that produce no effect. Yeah. Bottom line is, is when anybody listening is wherever church you go to, we're not promoting this church. We're not promoting any church. Mm-mm. We're the body of Christ. Yes. But that's one way to tell. Are you being fed where you're at? Mm. If not, maybe you need to find out where God wants you. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Where are you going to be fed? Likewise, when it comes to your personal study time, mm-hmm. when you're driving in the car, we've got this thing now in most every vehicle in the last several years called Bluetooth. Yeah. You know? Where you can pull up, you know, messages from oh. direct websites, YouTube, you know, whatever, and you can listen to the word. Mm-hmm. There's CD versions, there's Bluetooth version, there's TV. I mean, you. I mean, I'm not saying all Christian TV. You got to be careful about what you see on Christian TV. Oh yeah, you got me because that's to be here again. If if you have abiding presence, you'll get a check in your spirit that says, Mm-mm, mm-hmm. something ain't right there. All that is is just. We need two lifeless principles. No. Turn the channel, you know, look up another minister, look up another message. I need to find something that speaks to me. Yeah. You can put in any topic. Oh, yeah. You're struggling with faith. You know, you can research it. You know, you can put any minister faith. I mean, even ones that are, you know, gone to be with Jesus. Billy Graham, faith. Yeah. He'll pull up a, you'll find it where he pulls up a message on having faith with God. You listen to that and you're like, Wow. Yeah. I never saw it like that. Yeah. And then what we do is we meditate on it during the day. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it boastfully. I'm just saying it as a testimony Mm -hmm. that we talked about Jesus in the wilderness. You know, man shall not live by bread alone. Deuteronomy 8.3, he was quoting, Mm -hmm. but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That word, word is not logos. It's not the written word. Right. It's rhema. Yeah. It's the revealed word that you got from having communion with the abiding presence and being in the scriptures. Mm. So when we, we need a daily bread. Mm. We need daily word just like the children in the wilderness needed manna. Yeah. Yesterday's manna won't do. You talked about that uh, last Sunday or Sunday before last. Yeah. Yesterday's manna won't do. It, you got to have fresh manna. Yeah. Every day, you've got to have something to meditate on. God is consistent throughout all Scripture. Absolutely. Whether it's... Old Testament or New. Whether it's dealing... No matter what he's dealing with, it's mm-hmm. the same exact principles throughout. 
manna is one of those things. He gave yeah. them enough for each day, and then he gave them enough on Saturday to do it for, the, for Sunday. For Sunday. Yeah. And there was no more, no less. It was exactly, exactly. what they needed. And I We think need to see the word the same way. Same way, yeah. And to me, if, and I'm not saying it boastfully, I'm just saying as a testimony, yeah. you know, that if I, for whatever reason, the occasion, famine is in town, it's the holidays, whatever. If I, for whatever reason, got pulled away mm-hmm. from time in the Word, listening to messages, studying the Word for myself, private devotion, to where I don't have anything that day to meditate on, mm-hmm. it's like I haven't eaten. Oh, yeah. I, could, I know what you're saying. Just like you hunger in the natural because you haven't eaten yet today, mm-hmm. there's something spiritually in that acknowledgement of presence that says, hey, where's your fresh manna for today? Mm-hmm. We've got to be in the Word uh, and not to prepare for a message. Absolutely. It, well, I think when I, when you, I hear you talk about this, I think about scriptures that a lot of people quote. It's easy to cherry pick mm-hmm. scriptures and quote them and not understand the context of them. So when you're reading the Word of God and meditating on it, you really, what I do myself is I read, whether it be a verse or a chapter or whatever it is, and I look at the context of it mm-hmm. and then I meditate on that. Yep. By meditate, I don't mean I cross my legs and go, hmm. Exactly. You know, I think about it. I mow the yard. I go to do things that I'm going to do. I go to the grocery store and I'm thinking about mm-hmm. it, you know, the whole time. And I'm thinking now, all of a sudden, now that my mind's on it, I start to think about more than just what I see in black and white. I start painting this picture in my head of all of these things that are going on. Like, say, Jeremiah 29, 11, that everybody mm-hmm. loves to quote because exactly. it's such a beautiful verse that says, I know the plans that I have for you to prosper you. But he spoke that to people who were actually captive to Babylon. And they were having to start their lives over in a land that wasn't their own. And that generation of people would not see that promise. And so when people quote that, I'm like, well, you better be careful about quoting that because you're saying that your generation is not going to see it. The next generation is, which is fine with me. But at the same time, I think you've got to be careful about how you do that because it's important that we understand the context of it, that there was more to it than that. One of the things I love about that scripture as I meditated on it was I started realizing that scripture, he said, to plant gardens, to build houses, to have families there in captivity. And that's the thing. A lot of times we're waiting because we're not, we're in available presence. We're not in abiding presence. We're Mm -hmm. waiting on God to show up to deliver us when God's saying, no, you need to keep on doing life because I'm going to deliver you. And when I deliver you, you're not going to be ready. If you're sitting and waiting on me, I'm going to deliver you and your children. But if you're not doing this right now, then I'm not going to have anything to deliver. There's not going to be a remnant. There's not going to be Israel. There's not going to be a church. There's not going to be any of these things. And so one of the things that we're passionate about now is, is I'm getting older. Right. You know, and it just happened. Like, I'm like, where the heck did that come from? And now I'm thinking, wait, this is so much more than me. I've got to hand this off to the next generation. And we're raising kids that we want to be church leaders and we want to, to, to be in the marketplace and everything else. And so that's one of the reasons why we want to teach them relationship and teach them context of scripture. I don't know it all, but I know when I read those things, I read that, you know, like when we read... Uh, John three sixteen, you know, everybody knows that scripture, but do we know that that was in a conversation 
with Nicodemus. Absolutely. That was actually, you know, when you read the whole yeah. chapter, you're like, well, hold on a second. Yeah. That changes a lot of stuff. Absolutely. It's true. Yeah. It doesn't make any less true. It's just that yeah. now my mind is meditating on it and now I'm going without realizing it, I'm going from the available presence into that abiding presence. And right. it just all of a sudden you're like, you're there. Yeah. And oh, well, let me ask you something. Okay. Um, when you go home, say you go home this afternoon, yes. okay, and I know you have family in town visiting with you and everything, if Miss Amanda mentions to you, will you set the table? Okay? Now, <laughs> if she says, you, will you set the table, or if you instruct your kids, mm-hmm. how about set the table? You know that two things are about to happen. Setting the table means you're about to eat and you're about to fellowship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, <clears throat> what pulls us away from presence are enemies. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not just saying personal enemies. We're just talking about the enemy. Mm-hmm. It could be the enemy who's trying to influence our appetites, mm-hmm. our appetites for doing something else rather than being in a word. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies so many people have their eyes on the enemy yeah. that they can't see the table that's being set oh, before come on yes absolutely absolutely so whenever and what our enemies may be the job stress mm-hmm. the personal conflicts going on at work mm-hmm. the he said she said mm-hmm. family issues mm-hmm. yeah. financial issues those are all enemies that the devil is trying to put our focus upon. Mm-hmm. And when we have our focus upon that, then we are being pulled out of, distracted from, mm-hmm. losing focus on the table that's being set before us. Mm-hmm. Where when you come home that afternoon and that evening, Holy Spirit is, has orchestrated things mm-hmm. for you to have time. For me, I love time with my family. Mm-hmm. But if there's ever time where they, my wife's working late or she went to go see my daughter or they're hanging out together, they went shopping, they're doing whatever. And I'm alone at home. Mm-hmm. To me, I see it as a table just got set. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, I could put on a movie. Yeah. I could, you know, there's nothing wrong with watching a movie. There's nothing wrong with watching sports necessarily. Yeah. But to me... That's a clear telltale sign a table's being set before you. Yeah. So what enemy are you going to let distract you from getting in the word, Mm -hmm. putting on worship, and doing both? Not just one or the other, although you could have time where you need to have peace and quiet. You're concentrating on your study and you don't want music playing. And there's times where you just need to meditate on that and you Mm -hmm. want to do it during a time of worship. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But there's times for both. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, we need to look for these times when the table's being set. Mm -hmm. And we miss it because our eyes are on the enemy. Yeah. Well, we said it in church. We say it a lot. You know, we spend more time, a lot of times, (laughs) focused on the sin than we do the Redeemer. And we're trying to fix our sin. We're trying to run from it. We're trying to deal with it and stroke it and, you know, and figure it out. And God's saying, listen, I already done that part. You know, I'm, yeah, I sent a redeemer and put your eyes on the redeemer. I love that scripture though in Psalm 23 for tons of reasons, but 
You know, over the years I read it and I said, well, that's the perfect funeral scripture. Everybody uses the funerals <laughs> and everything else, but it's so much more than that because yeah. I love that he sets that table before you. And it's, to me, it's a, it's a twofold thing. One is the number one thing is God is trying to strengthen you right. in his presence right there. Right. And the shepherd would, would carry around a satchel, right? And, the, and when the sheep would get injured or something, they would, he would right there just lay it down and lay out this sheet and he would put it in and he had food and all the things in there to make sure that this sheep would get mm -hmm. back to strength and everything else. And uh, at least the things from my brand, I'm not a shepherd by any stretch of imagination, but I think about that with God. And the other thing outside of that is he's doing it right there in the midst of your enemies. Absolutely. He's it's, I mean, it's not my job to boast, mm -hmm. but God does it. That's fine with me. If he wants to bless me right in front of my daggone enemies. <laughs> what a better time to commune in presence is when you're under stress. Yep. Is when you got a heavy load. You got a bill. Mm -hmm. A repair bill. Mm -hmm. What a better time. Mm -hmm. What a better time to fast. Right. What a better time to pray. What a better, what time. A better time to meditate. What a better time. Man, I'm telling you. I mean, where does our help come from? You know? Yep. Are we going to our source? Or we just go call on our available. We just want to give him the list. Yeah. Here's my grocery list. Yeah. Yeah. I'm expecting you to deliver for that. Yeah. And see what happens is, is whenever God does not answer prayer in the manner or the time frame that mm. we want him to, we become offended. Mm. Martha did. Yeah. Martha got offended because Jesus did not answer her prayer. She sent word. Mm. Lazarus is sick. Mm-hmm. He stayed two more days. Yeah. And he got there on day four. Yeah. Okay. Well, she was already ticked off when he didn't come immediately. <laughs> she was really ticked off when his when Lazarus' condition was worsening. Yeah. She was very ticked off when they were having his funeral. She was T-ticked. <laughs> she was big time ticked off to the point that when he does show up, she says, had you been here, yeah. my brother would not have perished. Yeah. But what did Jesus do? Well, first of all, why did he wait that late? Because it was the day four. Yeah. And it's my understanding that he had to transcend a religious belief. Mm -hmm. Back then in Hebrew culture, they believed that a person's spirit hung around for three days. Wow. So when Jesus showed up on day four, even Martha, mm -hmm. even the disciples, Jesus, this one's out of reach. Yeah. We've seen you raise the dead already. Right. We've seen you multiply food. We've seen you cast the devil out of people. We've seen you, you know, heal people. But this one mm -hmm. is out of reach. Why? Because your principles said after three days, it's done. Mm -hmm. It's a front. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. When, when, she were, when she came to him in principle, had you been here, my brother would not have died. She was offended because he did not answer her prayer in the time frame that she expected. Mm -hmm. So what Jesus mm -hmm. did was take her mind off of, or try to take her mind off of, what he had not done to focus on who he is. Mm -hmm. I am the resurrection and the life. Mm -hmm. And see, that's what presence does. Mm -hmm. It takes our mind off of circumstances and our frustrations of what has not happened yet. Yeah. My prayer list has not been answered. Yeah. Jesus, I've already in available presence. I've already given you my list and it hasn't been answered. Mm. That job I've asked you about for months mm -hmm. has not come. 
And Jesus is saying, acknowledge my presence and let me show you who I am. Yeah. And as you worship me for who I am and not what I can do for you, then not only am I going to show you who I am, but I'm going to show you what I can do through you. Mm. And all that's found in abiding presence. And that, that story there, that also was the, the, the event that led to... Jesus being to, to the crucifixion. Yeah, I mean, because was, it said right after that, because that raising of Lazarus, yeah. it, gave, it, it, it exponentially shot up his popularity. Yeah, and the religious leader says, "Hey, we got to do away with him." And and of course, you're talking about the traditions and the, mm-hmm. the principles. I guess that would make a lot of sense because yep. if that broke every, I mean, yep. that would have went against every nerve mm-hmm. in every Pharisee, Sadducee, yep. everything, right? I mean, they would have been yep. like, "Ooh," uh. yep. but it's, it's so so crazy. <laughs> Can I interject this real do quick? It, do it, do okay. it, do it. Okay, because this gets me excited. Because whereas we're talking about it from, you know, her being offended and Jesus arriving on day four because of the Hebrew culture thought that a a person's spirit, you know, once they died, they hung around for three days. Yeah. Well, because that's their mindset and because Jesus meets us right where we are, Mm -hmm. he was raised on the third day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To help them believe. Ain't that something? He told you, destroy this temple. Yeah. And I'll, 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 raise, I'll, I'll, I'll build it back. It I'll raise it up. Okay. So, so I got, <laughs> man, good Lord, we could spin off of this thing with a lot of things. There's one more <laughs> thing as we close up today that I want to throw out there because as I've listened to you and as I've read, you know, obviously read scripture, read through some of your book. Um, the one thing that really jumps out at me that I'd like to close this out with is for those of us that are moving from from available to abiding presence is that our authority will will line up with what presence we are living in. Mm-hmm. And if we are living in available presence, then our authority is going to match that. And what I mean by authority Absolutely. is is biblical spiritual authority mm-hmm. because I have that. And yeah. um, some people may get weirded out by it or everything else, something whatever. Right. But I don't walk around honestly. I, I'm not one to walk around. Casting demons out and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not me. I mean, but I have authority yep. to take control, number one, of myself and of my mind and to take the thoughts captive and all this stuff. But if I'm living in available presence, then I'm basically giving myself available authority. Whereas if I'm living in abiding a presence, I'm giving myself that opportunity to be an authority. Yeah. I mean, I'm not God, right? Not, but I also... Him, his child, because as my wife likes to say, God doesn't have grandchildren Mm -hmm. and I am his and he has given me that authority through his son and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, I got two responses. Do it. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Number one, at the end of Mark chapter four. Yeah. Okay. When Jesus got up and he um, calmed the storm, Mm -hmm. he rebuked the storm. Okay. And then he spoke peace to them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now he rebuked the disciples, you know, Jesus did not confront and get on to the sinner about their sin. Mm-hmm. He did not get on to those who came to him in need. But for the disciples who should have known better, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, he got on to them. Mm-hmm. And, when he, and, when, and when they observed what he did, okay, they marveled and said, Who is this man mm-hmm. that the winds and seas obey him? Mm-hmm. And that word obey has to do with what we would understand is, 
He had such authority that the demonic turbulence that was coming against him threw in the towel, gave up. Yeah. I surrender. Yeah. So exactly what you just said, you know, about our authority. If we expect answer to prayer, if we expect our authority to be effective, mm -hmm. then we can't dwell in available presence. No, we can't. Jesus had that authority because he had abiding presence mm -hmm. and therefore had abiding peace. Mm -hmm. And he could administer both to mm -hmm. them. When he spoke to him in the Last Supper, he promised him two, I don't want to say things because I don't want to be irreverent. Yeah. He promised him two answers. Okay, yeah. Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and peace. Mm -hmm. When he appeared to him in the upper room, when they were under lock and key, the ladies were brave enough to go to the tomb. Mm -hmm. The disciples were scaredy cats under lock and key. Yeah. Tells you something. It how does. strong the powerful faith of some of these women. That's okay. why, you know, I mean, you marvel at you see how many women are in church and us guys got to get our act together yeah. to match the faith of these women. Yeah. It was the same way in Jesus' day. Yeah. So he goes to a bunch of scaredy cat disciples. Yeah. Okay. And even Peter, I'll go with you to prison and to death. Yeah. And yet he's under lock and key because he's afraid he's going to, one of those two results is going to happen. Yeah. And he appears to them and he administers peace and he administers presence. Mm. The two mm. things he promised them. Now, the thing about the disciples is, is this, because we were linking it all with prayer, okay? They saw Jesus calm storms. Mm -hmm. They never asked him, how did you do it? No, that's true. They saw him multiply food on more than one occasion. They never asked him how to do it. Mm -hmm. They saw him heal the sick and never asked him, mm -hmm. how did you do that? Mm -hmm. They only asked him one thing in Luke 11, 1, teach us to pray. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they linked prayer to presence they seen it. and presence to answers. Because we, we don't see everything written in the exactly. gospel. Exactly. We don't. They saw it. Exactly. They know how many times he, he departed from them. And even Luke 6 12 said he spent the whole night praying. Mm -hmm. Well, they, and how many times did they turn? Where did Jesus go? Mm -hmm. And did he come back? Where have you been, Jesus? We were looking for you. Mm -hmm. I and my father were having a conversation. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. They linked. His authority, his identity, and his efficiency in prayer. Jesus never, ever, ever had an unanswered prayer. Not once. Mm -mm. Oh, my goodness. Not one time. And they knew that. Yeah. And they said, okay, what is the link between unanswered prayer? Yeah. It's his prayer life. Yeah. Jeez. And his prayer life was because of the presence that he acknowledged, mm -hmm. the Emmanuel presence that he acknowledged, constant communion with the Father. Man, oh man, oh man. This is good stuff. <laughs> and it's hard, hard to actually close this up, but man. I, I got a segue for the next time whenever we jump on it. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so... Listen, guys, we really appreciate you guys jumping over here with us for the last several weeks. Hopefully, you have grown in your knowledge and been encouraged uh, with various scripture. And there's no doubt that Charlie is a teacher, a very gifted one at that. And uh, I, man, I'm like, no, you know, no, I'm no, like, no, I, I'm not going to say you're God, no, but I'm just saying, no, man, no. I'm telling you, no, no. you are really gifted. And I appreciate you being with me on this because. And for you to put it in a book and for you to share your heart with 
the people, whether it's mm-hmm. at school or whether it's in church or wh- wherever it's in. Uh, here we are on social media and uh, podcast, and, and man, this is just amazing content, uh, stuff that can change our lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm like you, I think we'll finish it by saying we don't have it figured no, out. No, we don't. There's never going to be every a, day. Yeah, there's never going to be a day that we do. But the thing about it is, is iron sharpens iron, yep. and we get together. And we do things like this, and I like to say it in church is the sparks fly, yep. and that's yep. that's all this is is yep. we're we're making sparks fly. Just when you think you have it together, just like Peter thought he had it together, yeah, that's when your pride takes over, yeah, and you trip. Oh yeah. So and of course, pride comes before the fall. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all of it looking back to scripture. So uh, pride but, comes before destruction, the Holy Spirit before the fall, and it all has to do with. Thinking you've arrived. All of And it. none of us have arrived. None of us have. And so uh, I haven't. I'm not in the business of telling God how he needs to do Ooh. it either. So, uh, so, but I want to take a, just a moment and pray for everybody that's hung in here with us for a few weeks. Or maybe you're starting on, you know, week four and you need to go back and check out one and go on through, you know. But um, either way, I want to take some time to pray for you, God. We thank you for this time together. God, we thank you for your word. God, your word is so amazing, God. And I just pray that as all of us have joined together in the study, that your word has come to life and that it just unfolds before us. And God, that we get hung up on scripture and we just get lost in it. And God, our minds just are just so preoccupied with your word that it will usher in that abiding presence. That presence, God, we know that your presence changes everything. God, David showed up to fight. You showed up to fight because your presence was with David. Yep. Even when he was watching sheep, God, when nobody was watching, your presence was with him. And then you just led him right out to that battlefield and you defeated Goliath right there before everyone. Because all of a sudden, it wasn't just a little David warrior that showed up. It was you that showed up. And we thank you today, God. We invite you in and we want to be invited into what you are doing. Help us, God, to be strengthened and to be encouraged and to live and yearn for that abiding presence today, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you again, Charlie. Thank you, guys. Any questions, any comments, make sure you post them. We'll see you next thing that we do. Mm-hmm.